reading tonight from 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. And he said unto me, this was Jesus was saying unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therewith, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We're well acquainted with the fact that God can take something that is seemingly small and insignificant and make it large and very big and important. He can take weakness. He can take human weakness, which we seem to have a monopoly on, and he can take that weakness and turn it into strength for his glory. And uh, we're the ones who are blessed through it all. Jesus spoke in this place that his grace was sufficient for you, for thee, for the Apostle Paul. It was sufficient. He didn't need anything else. He just needed the grace of God. That was all sufficient for the requirements that the apostle had, the responsibilities that the apostle had in spreading the gospel message to the Gentile nation throughout that that region of the world. And uh, it's the beautiful language, most gladly therewith, therefore, will I rather glory, I will glory in my infirmities. We don't usually think in those terms to glorify how sick I've been, how inhibited I am. We'll just make a big deal about it. It's just so terrible that I'm in such a strait. I'm so human. That's, that's a strange way to talk. But this is the way it's written. I'd rather glory in my infirmities. That had a reason but the rest of that is that that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So there's some good coming from this weak part of the human nature that God can take that part of us, any one of us, and bring strength and power in it, and that the and that the power of Christ, a real power, a real powerful force. Uh, the power uh, that could create the earth which we are on tonight, the power of an almighty God that can do everything that's needed to be done, but it's for his glory. It's not even for us. It's for the glory of God. We're fortunate to be part of the story. We're blessed to be encouraged by the words that God speaks and the words that God spoke to the Apostle Paul and what he did in his life. We go on in the 10th verse, verse 10, says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in these weak things, this weakness, in the reproaches that come my way. I take, I take pleasure in that. I, I take, uh, even in the necessary parts, in persecutions, 
which the apostle knew much about persecution. He was persecuted. He was the persecutor who became the persecuted as a result of his turning his life over to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who he met in a dramatic way, in a victorious way. It changed everything for that the apostle. It turned his life around. But isn't that what we say when we testify? I met the Lord, the Lord met me, and I prayed, and God turned it around. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's what he does. God is great and uh, well able to take things that are very weak and make strength come from it. For when I am weak, it's, and even in distresses for Christ's sake, actually the whole context of that verse moves into distresses for Christ's sake. It's for Christ's sake, for Christ's sake. It's not for your sake. It's not for Paul's sake. It's for Christ's sake. What comes to us is for the glory of God. We give God the glory. These testimonies tonight, we give the glory to God. Can't say it have ever met a bear on I-5, but that was something, wasn't it? He didn't tell the rest of the story. When they loaded this car on that uh, tow truck, somehow or another it got loose and came back and, and the car all by itself ran into the cop car they were sitting in. That must have been fun. That's the other part. I was waiting for that part. You can't tell it all. You know, church is like an hour long, so we have to move forward. For when I am weak, he says, then am I strong. All these frailties that we deal with in life, like things like bears and highways, they're, they're, they're frailties. They're, they're limited in their ability to upset the apple cart. But when I'm weak, that's when I realize the strength of the Lord. When, when I'm, I'm powerless, that's when I realize the strength of the Lord. Sometimes people are emotionally distressed about everything and anything, and they, they can hardly pray, but they cry out to God in, in, in a limited way, and somehow, miraculously it is, God moves in and he strengthens that weakness and puts strength there, and we realize how weak we really are without him. With God, all things are possible, but without him, everything is impossible. I was uh, looking at some recruiting posters, and I was thinking in terms of this scripture, the fact that there's a need for disciples, not only in the Paul, Paul the Apostle's day, but in our day, a need for disciples for Christ. There's, there's a great need, because there's a great work to be done. And it's done at all levels. It's done uh, between people, one person at a time. One person speaking to another person. One person coming into work on Monday mornings, and they're smiling. And other people looking on and saying, why are you smiling on Monday morning? You know, the weekend is over. But they're happy. They're happy because they're happy in the Lord. Christians are unique that way. They are blessed. But I was thinking about that, and it turns up a recruiting poster, and they, they 
I don't know that they do that anymore. It's been a long time since I've been interested in recruiting, being recruited. But there was one that I, I, I found that I, I saw, and it was for the Marines. And at the top part of the poster says, we, we don't promise you Rose Garden. And then there's a picture of a guy, a Marine, no doubt. And on the bottom part it says, the Marines are looking for a few good men. Probably nowadays it would be few good men and women. And I thought, we don't promise you a rose garden. You know, the Lord does not promise us easy living. If we have it easy, God is very good. But that's not the promise. The promise to the Apostle Paul was, we're gonna, he's going to suffer. He's going to have a hard time here. When he goes on these missionary trips... When any of us have gone on missionary trips, which are some here more than others, of course, they get on a triple seven or whatever is flying that day and they cross the ocean and the lights go out at night when you're sitting on that airplane and you're resting comfortably and waiting for morning to come. Pretty easy life. The only thing we're concerned about is catching the next plane on the other end. That's about it, you know. That is really nothing. That's just a piece of cake. When the Apostle Paul got on board his cruise ship, it wasn't a cruise ship. It was not easy living. It was hard living. It was difficult living. But you, you, you don't really read in the scriptures that he's complaining about the accommodations on board these, these boats that he would travel throughout the Mediterranean at different times and crossing through um, the country of Turkey, which is Turkey now, and other, other areas, and on into Rome eventually. We don't hear him talk about that. Why doesn't he talk about those things? Why doesn't he say, you know, they, they could have done a better job on that, at that boat that we came in on. We, we paid them good money for this trip. He doesn't say that because that was not the issue. The issue was the fact that God had put him in a place where he was suffering for Christ's sake. He was in difficult straits at times, but there was no reason to really talk about it. He explains it in the epistles that he writes many references to those times that he was serving the Lord during his life, but he's not complaining. He's just relating the information. He's warning us that when we volunteer to follow the Lord, don't plan on a rose garden. They may have rose gardens in Portland, that's true, but that's not really, that's not the real life. Fellows go into the service sometimes, and uh, ladies too, and they uh, fall down, hurt themselves, and they're, they're Guys that they're working with, their leader, the guy that told them to do what he told them to do, and he said, what's the matter with you, kid? Get up. Let's uh, see you do a hundred push-ups right now. And uh, that new recruit says, really? Yeah, really. Instead, let's try 200. You You don't mess with those guys because they're training you. Well, the Lord has trained many of us, and the training's not over. And it's going to be far worse than a couple of hundred push-ups, for sure. But it'll have far more meaning. 
It will be a blessing to our soul, and it could be a blessing to others. We might actually have the what it takes to, to preach the gospel or to share the gospel in testimony or to teach the, the message that is in the Word of God to others. We have found something worth living for, and we want to tell people about it because it's the greatest thing we've ever found. Never found anything better. In Ephesians, one of the epistles that Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6, explains a little more about this, I would, I would think anyway, about a disciple of Christ, what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Ephesians 6 and beginning at verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Interesting, when you, when you say words like that, be strong in the Lord when you're feeling weak in the Lord and in the power of his might. Maybe that's where Paul was coming from. Be strong in the Lord. You know, every day, it's, the sun isn't going to shine all the time. Well, it's beautiful today, but it's not always going to shine. Sometimes it's going to rain. Sometimes it's going to snow. Sometimes a tree is going to fall on your path or a rock. Any number of things can happen in a normal life. Put on the whole armor of God that she may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he goes on to explain what the wiles of the devil really are. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so you don't have to be, you know, lifting barbells and getting strong all the time to deal with this. It's a spiritual exercise. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers, of the darkness of this world, and they are very dark, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're seeing a lot of that these days. We're, we're living in, in this kind of a day that Paul writes about so long ago. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. When I am weak, then I am strong. All the weaknesses, all the frailties that we may have, all the difficulties, all the emotional ups and downs, when I am weak, then am I strong. The Lord provides his strength in time. He even gives us weapons. He goes on to define several weapons here. The truth, righteousness, peace, shield of faith. Helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. And he says, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Isn't that where we find ourselves? We, we go right back to the word of God is the, 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 the primary area that we find that strength from. The word of God. We look into the word of God for everything. And it brings us into a good place. May not be a rose garden, but it can be a good place spiritually. We can be fighting the good fight of faith with the Lord on our side. And the victory is won because the Lord wins the victory. There's a song. It's been around for a few years. It says, I am willing, Lord. Part of the verse says, I am willing, Lord. It says, I am willing, Lord, a couple of times. It says, I am willing. Are we willing? Are we really willing to be disciples of Christ? Are, are we willing to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's not going to be easy. 
No guarantees, no promise of easy. But are we willing? Oh, you know, when we were 17 years old, when we were 12 years old, when we were 11 years old, we may have promised the Lord that we'd be a missionary. We had no clue, did we, really? What do you know at 11? It's fun being 11, I think. can't remember, but it seems like it was fun. And, and it's fun at 18, too, maybe. A little stronger by then. And we're still willing. And we promise the Lord, I am willing, Lord. I'm willing, Lord. And the next part of that verse says, to be just exactly what you want me to be. Doesn't say just exactly what I want to be or just exactly where I want to go or just exactly what I would like to do or just exactly the easy life. Forget it. There's no easy life. If the Lord gives you an easy life, thank the Lord for the easy life. And we're thanking the Lord for the good days. Say, it's not all gloom and doom, really. It's uh, the goodness of God that gives us the tools to fight the good fight of faith, similar to what Paul the Apostle dealt with. I can't imagine what he had to deal with. You know, if you were to to put a, a poster up there, to say, uh, looking for disciples for Christ, whose picture would you put on it? You'd probably put Jesus on a cross, paying the price for the victory that he can provide for every disciple of Christ, for everyone who's willing to follow the Lord, for everyone who's willing to surrender and, and do more than just say, I'm willing, Lord, but to actually follow through. The follow through is the tough part. That's where the fight begins. But we have time to fight the good fight tonight on our knees. Time to pray, a place to pray. Friends, loved ones here that will pray together tonight. We don't know what you're praying about, but we're certainly praying for you just the same. We're going to stand and sing 704, Come and Pray.